Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. This morning, I believe God wants to speak into our lives today a message of faith and healing. If you walked in here today and you are battling something physically, I believe God wants to heal some people. Now, it is nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with who he is. God is the healer. Jesus paid the price for it. He wants to heal today. I've walked in here. I've prepared this message. I just believe that God is going to heal some people. I, I had um, a, a great time in the first service. I've never prayed with as many people in an 8.15 service as I prayed today because people wanted to experience healing. And it's not my prayer. Look, there's going to be prayer teams at the end. They're going to pray with you and Look, you can pray with somebody right in the, in the seats where you're at and you can experience healing because of that. Look, God is a healer and he doesn't respect anybody and look, he just wants to do a work in lives today. There's some other things to learn from this passage. I believe that we ought to have our faith increased in this, but we also need to learn some other things in the process. If you're in the midst of other stuff, you don't need healing. I believe God may want to provide an answer for you today. When we look at this passage from Luke chapter 17, I believe we'll see some great insights into God's mercy, his compassion, his grace, and his power. And so if we look at Luke 17, we're, we're continuing a series called The Outcasts. And we're going to find that Jesus is talking to some of them right here. Luke 17, verse 11 says, As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he, had been, he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Look, autograph seekers call out to athletes and famous people to get an autograph because they actually think they will. Now, the big deal now is not autographs. The big deal now is selfies. Like if you could snap a picture of you with a famous person, that's pretty cool. Like that's the cool thing right now. I know some of you are like, whatever, I don't know. Look, if you can get the picture and you can put it up on your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter, 
wherever you want to put it, you're willing to ask the question, can I take a picture with you? See, people are willing to do that. It takes a little boldness. To be honest, if I'm out with people and I see someone famous, I won't walk up to them and ask them for a picture. I won't walk up to them and ask for an autograph. There's a reason why. I don't like rejection. <laughs> On the outside chance, they tell me no, it'll crush me. I don't want any part of that. Look, you think I'm joking? Hey, I wrote a, I wrote a letter to Angela when I was 16 years old, I think it was, doing little calculations here because I still lived in New Jersey. I met her on a trip out here and wrote a letter to her on my computer and I never sent it. She never saw it till I was, we were already married. Tell you how long ago it was, it was, on a, it was a Commodore 64. Some of you in the room are going, what's that? <laughs> yeah, that's a long time ago. Look, I didn't send a letter because I was afraid of rejection. I haven't gotten over it. <laughs> we did get married, but I didn't get over to the rejection part. I don't, I don't like that too well. But look, these people, they want autographs. Or, or let's, let's talk about these lepers for just a moment because they're in the story. When you think about these lepers, they have a little boldness in them. And they approach Jesus. And they're willing to talk to him. Evidently, they had heard something about him. I don't know how they heard. I don't know how they found out that Jesus was willing to heal lepers. Maybe it's because they had heard the story from Luke chapter 5 when, when, when Jesus had healed a leper. Maybe they'd heard the story, but evidently they knew that Jesus could heal. And when he comes by, they're yelling out to him saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. That's all they ask. They just make a simple request. They call out because they actually believe that Jesus will heal them. They've been outcasts for as long as they've had the disease. Lepers were outcasts. They were no longer part of a community. You talk about rejection. These people got it. If you were a leper in that time frame, look, when you walked on the road as a leper, you've got to call out to people, unclean, unclean. Like, how do you want to go through life? Think about that one. Think about that as you're walking. If you're, you know, in school and you're walking down a hallway, what do you want to yell out that's terrible about yourself? I mean, do you really want to be like, I stink. I stink. I mean, was that, that's not the way. Like, what about going to work some, yeah, Monday morning. Let's just go to work Monday morning. Walk into the office and go, I stink. I stink. That's probably not what you want to do. <laughs> and, and when people go, yeah, we know that. Now you're in trouble, okay? <laughs> no, it's bad. Oh, sorry. A little bit. Look, these lepers had to stay by themselves outside the community. Look, for a little background on leprosy in the Bible, when we talk about leprosy, it isn't what we would term leprosy today. The medical definition of leprosy today probably does not match what the definition of leprosy was in the Bible. In the Bible, leprosy would, would refer to a wide variety of skin diseases. 
It would produce uh, lesions or other swollen areas on the skin. And sometimes it would attack the nervous system. It, It probably includes things like Hansen's disease, psoriasis, lupus, ringworm, favus. Those are probably some things that it included at that point in time. The Old Testament gave specific instructions about identifying the presence of leprosy and how to declare someone clean who had recovered from the condition. Look, Leviticus, if you've been reading along in the, in the, you know, the Bible reading that we're recommending, you endured through Leviticus recently. And so you learned this. But in Leviticus 13, verses 45 and 46, it tells us what happens with people who have leprosy. Those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. I mean, for some of you, that's enough punishment right there, right? What do you mean I can't comb my hair? They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as a serious skin disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. If you got leprosy, get outside. Live with the other lepers. You're no longer part of the community. That's a terrible existence. And that's a terrible thing. And, and now they continue to have those kind of things. They had to announce unclean, unclean. Having this disease led to so, social isolation, not unlike what it was for some who were uh, experienced AIDS because when they did, the people would just kind of shun them and no fault of their own. They, they contracted disease, blood transfusion, whatever. They, they still were shunned. It didn't matter. And Jesus' ministry to a leper reveals his attention to the outcasts of society, demonstrating that people like that can have access to God's blessing and his kingdom. Look, but here's something we can learn from the lepers. They call out to Jesus with humility and faith. They simply say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They call out with a hope that Jesus will do what he has done for others and heal them. In the midst of the situation you are in, a simple prayer is, Jesus, have mercy on me. We need to recognize God's power over every situation we are in. He is the one who is able, and he can be trusted. Jesus' response to them is not what they expected, but they understood what it meant. If I said to Jesus, and I was a leper, and I said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, There's a translation in that that says simply, Jesus, heal me. They don't get that response from Jesus. They get a different response. Jesus' response was, go show yourselves to the priests. If Jesus responds to me that way and I have no knowledge of what they knew, I would be like, whoa, time out. They aren't going to help me. I've seen them plenty of times walking by. They've never helped me in any way. But they didn't argue with Jesus. They listened to him. They responded to him at his word. And they turn and they go. It's a demonstration of faith. 
How often do we take Jesus at his word? The other question to ask is, are we willing to take steps of obedience that will lead to the miraculous? Are we willing to take steps of obedience that will lead to the miraculous? Look, there are places in our lives where we probably need to make some changes. There are potentially places in our life that God is asking each of us to do something and we might not be listening. Now is the time to start. There may be some steps of obedience that you aren't taking that are keeping you from something miraculous. The the lepers were not healed until they turned and left. They were healed sometime as they went to the priest to be declared clean. And something happens to one of them. Something happens to him. All ten are healed. But we find in verse 15 that one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Look, the one leper could have gone on with his life just like the other nine, but he didn't. He came back to say thank you to Jesus. The leper came back praising God. And I want you to know something. He comes back praising God and he still has some significant problems. I don't know if you've thought about it. His leprosy was healed. But he'd been living as an outcast with no family, no job. He had no home. He had no village. Okay, all of a sudden, now he's healed. He can't go to the leper colony, right? He can't go hang out with those guys again because he, he has... He's clean. He don't want to hang with them. Outside chance, he actually could get it back. He doesn't want to go there. So he's not going back there. Like, so, so he can't do that. And he's already been pushed away. Now, could he work his way back into some places? Yes. But he doesn't have a job. But here he is in the midst of it, praising God in the midst of a circumstance that is not ideal. I mean, the ideal situation would have been Praise God, he got healed and Jesus gave him a bunch of other things too. Like if he could emerge like the feeding of the 5,000 with this, I mean he would have been able to store up some food or something, but he couldn't. That isn't the story. The story is here Jesus does something for a guy and he's grateful for what he got, period. And he knows he's got other situations, other dilemmas, and he's still praising God in the midst of it. It's actually a very biblical concept. Ephesians 5.20 says this, And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Always be joyful. Always. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now look, that's not written. Be thankful in the good circumstances. Be thankful in the things that are going well for you. Be thankful in all circumstances. Romans 8.28 says, 
And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Each of us who has a problem right now needs to understand in the midst of the problem, give thanks to God. If you're problem-free, we want to hang out because I want what you have. If you don't have any problems, God bless you. But you must be living by yourself. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. Okay, that's bad. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's impossible to go through life without some problems. Let's think about how we can praise God in the midst of your present problems. <laughs> Siri said, sorry, I don't like that. I caught that. I know that, I know that voice. Look, we don't say that there is no pain. We don't say that there's no illness and there's no sin. We go through those things. We face them. They are reality. We believe that sin is in our world. We know that people are hurting. We also know that we get hurt. There is pain and illness. But in the midst of it, we ought to be praising God no matter what. We can't pretend it's fun to be in pain. It can't be fun and, you know, we can't like, oh, this is great. If you, if you like really enjoy pain, there's another disease. Don't, don't go there. That's a bad one. It's called masochism, I think. If you enjoy your problem, you're weird, okay? Don't, you don't want to do that. Remember, God is not the source of your problem. He doesn't send illness and pain. Look, focus rather on what God is going to do in the midst of your problem. Tell God that you're going to praise him and that he's bigger than the mess you're in. Look, this is, a, this is a, a principle that's been lived by followers of Jesus for years. If you go back to the 18th century to an English theologian and clergyman named William Law, he wrote, if anyone can tell you the shortest, surest way to happiness and perfection, he must tell you to make it a rule to yourself to thank and praise God for everything that happens to you. For it is certain that whatever seeming calamity happens to you, if you thank and praise God for it, you turn it into a blessing. Helen Keller, blind and deaf, wrote, I thank God for my handicaps. Through them I found myself, my work, and my God. John Wesley wrote, Thanksgiving is inseparable from true prayer. It is almost essentially connected to it. He that always prays is ever giving praise, whether in ease or pain, both for prosperity and for the greatest adversity. Paul wrote, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. The leper's gratitude leads to greater blessing. When you look at this, when he, he comes back to Jesus and all he goes back for is he comes back to express his gratitude. 
he comes back to express his praise. And Jesus does something else for him. Verse 19, and Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. Your words, the words here, your faith has healed you. The, the leper had already been healed, so had the other nine. That didn't return. The word that's translated healed really gives us a more significant meaning than healing. It gives us this thought, to deliver a person from imprisonment of other afflictions. The leper was imprisoned with a disease that kept him from community and relationship. Can you imagine living in isolation, essentially? The only people that lepers could have community with were other lepers. His interaction with Jesus leads him to a relationship with God, a freedom from the chains that he had lived with. His social isolation is a rejection. Jesus gives back his life, and he is grateful. Look, we're going to go through things, and we're going to walk through difficulty. In the midst of it all, give thanks. Psalm 107 tells a great story of all that God had done and what he is still doing in the lives of people in that time and today. Some of it may describe how you feel or have felt. I have confidence God wants to walk with us through whatever we are in the middle of, but he also wants to extend his mercy and his grace into your life and my life and to help us whatever our need is today. Psalm 107 verse 4. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, hungry and thirsty. They nearly died. Lord help, they cried in their trouble and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why he broke them with hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness of deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. This morning... If you find yourself in need of healing, in need of God to do something miraculous, then I invite you in just a moment to come to the front and have one of prayer teams pray with you. Because I believe God is in the house to touch lives today. He wants to bring healing in some people today. I don't know who. All I know is, is that he loves us each of us, and he is good, and by nature, he is a healer, and so today, if you walked in here with a need for healing, I believe God wants to bring healing in your life. If you walked in here this morning, and you're not a follower of Jesus, I would ask you to come pray with one of the prayer teams as well. The simple prayer for you this morning is just to tell Jesus you want to follow him, that's the starting point for you today. 
if everything is going good for you, then here's my suggestion. When we sing, you ought to take a few moments and go down the list of things that you can thank God for. You can thank God for all he's done for you. If you can't come up with a good list really quick, you're not being thankful enough. You're not remembering what God has done for you. You ought to have a list of things that will rattle from your mind and from your lips to people all the time. And you're in the midst of circumstances and situations. Whatever you're going through, wherever you're in a conversation, you ought to have the, the opportunity to share what God has done in your life. Well, here's the deal. Friday, Angela and I were out to dinner with some people after the, the tournament. We're sitting there talking, and the, the topic of anger came up and, and, and struggle in the midst of sporting events. And this one happened to be bowling. And Angela looks across the table at a couple um, grandparents of, of one of the bowlers. As we talked about it, Angela goes, well, Steve was just like that. He would get angry. He would be cursing because of the struggle and the problems that he was going through. Just during practice. Like if, if I was that bad in practice, how do you think I was when I was competing? I was a volcano. Angela didn't know me like this. But what happened is I met Jesus, and she explained that in that moment. She explained, she said, but Jesus made a difference when he accepted Christ. It changed his life. And we, we ought to, be able to tell the story of how there's life change that happens when we come to faith. There ought to be this moment where we can tell the stories. Look, if you ask me questions, we, we tell stories about the, the home that we live in, and we just tell people the story, and those of you who heard it, you know exactly what I'm referring to. You, you've heard the story. We're going to tell you stories about the goodness of God in our lives because we don't believe we should hold that to ourselves. We ought to be telling the story of God's goodness wherever we are. We tell that story of God's goodness to people who are not followers of Jesus. And as you know, we paid for a house. We're never going to be able to sell it. We were like, no, we're not going to buy that house. You paid that for it. We already know. God, God did something in that moment that we'll never understand. But we're grateful. Look, in those moments when God does something in your life, you must remember it and you must celebrate it. You must talk about it because the reason God did it was not just for you. Yes, he did it for you because he loves you, but he did it so you could tell the story of his goodness. Look at the Psalms, look at the Old Testament, look at what was written out in the pages of scripture. They're celebrating what God did for them so that others remember. You must tell those stories to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. They must know the story for one reason, so they know God is alive. Number two, they have faith that when they're in the midst of something, they'll trust him to walk through it with them. They, they will know that God is real from your story, and then they'll experience him for themselves, and they will recognize it. When they hear your story, when they hear the God moments of your life, 
it will radically change them. And that's what we've got to do. So this morning, here's the deal. In just a moment, the worship team's gonna come back. And we're gonna pray, and I'm gonna invite you to the, to the front. For those of you that need healing or need something in your life, some answer from God. Look, I just didn't believe that God's gonna meet you here today. Look, there's nothing special about coming to the front to pray with the prayer team. But it might just be the step of obedience that God's asking for you to do. So if that's the one thing that would keep you from experiencing the healing of God, I wouldn't sit in my chair. I'm not saying he's going to do that, but I'm just saying if, if you feel a little prompting inside of you that says you need to go have somebody pray for you, don't sit there. You might really be sitting through the possibility of a miraculous event in your life. That, that, it's not that far. If you're physically unable, we'll come to you. We'll, we'll pray for you. If you don't need anything today, in this next moment, you, you need to take these moments and you need to thank God for what he's done for you. This ought to be a place of eruption and praise in a few moments. Because if you can't erupt in praise remembering what God has done for you, we got problems. We, we, we need to be a people who are filled with joy and praise for all that God has done. Let's pray.